So as I was saying earlier, I want to talk about the elements today. The elemental meditation, which is a sort of a prelude to the body part meditation. I'm not quite sure if we've done that on Wednesday wake up before. I don't think we've done it yet. It's an important meditation. Um, it takes a little practice. It takes a little skill. It's a little awkward at first. Um, but we'll go over the details. And, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about when we first started this group, I had asked a bunch of students what they wanted because we had plenty of groups already at PIMC and, and around in Portland. So one of the things that was requested was some quieter meditations, right, with less guidance so students could practice different things. Um, so that's why we do the meditation the way we do, just a little bit of intro and then giving you guys some time to do a quieter meditation. And then also by request, you know, students were asking if we could over time make sure that we get into some of the more detailed practices so that people could feel like they were moving forward and progressing in ways that they hadn't before. Because oftentimes in weekly groups, the students become more skilled at meditation, but different meditation practices aren't offered. So students had asked me to make sure that I kept an eye on that as we move forward to make sure that I do talk about things like the jhanas and this meditation. And I'm thinking we'll do some cemetery contemplation stuff. Um, just some of the other other practices that we don't do as frequently to give you a well-rounded toolbox for your meditation. So I'm trying to keep that in mind as we move along. And this is a part of that commitment. So for some of you, this will be, um, well, I'll explain it in the context of concentration. But what, what sometimes makes for more mature practice is simply increased concentration, meaning as your mindfulness becomes more continuous, what you can see inside gets clearer. And so you can do other things that you were unable to do before because you simply couldn't see them. So some of the more advanced practices really aren't as much advanced as they are just allowing you to do things with, with, with stuff you haven't seen inside yet. So it's basically the same process, except now you can see things that were never in awareness. And as they become in awareness, that gives you more opportunities to decrease suffering and more opportunities to cultivate elements of happiness and joy and tranquility. So these, these kind of meditations, especially the one we'll talk about tonight, is really about seeing more clearly what's going on inside. That's really what it's about. And looking at the details that maybe we haven't paid attention to before. So this meditation is really based on the first foundation of mindfulness, which we all know is the body. The body is the first foundation of mindfulness. And, you know, for the most part, the reason the body is the first foundation of mindfulness is because it's the biggest thing. <laughs> it's the most clunky and biggest thing that we can land our awareness on, right? If we start with a foundation of thinking or feeling, thoughts and feelings are very transient. They're moving very quickly. They're hard to see sometimes because they're moving so fast and there's so many of them going in different directions. So that the first foundation is this is the part of the body mind that's the simplest and easiest to see which is the body itself this is the easiest thing to put awareness onto and catch in real time so that's why we start with the body it's one of the reasons we start with the body another reason we start with the body is that the body is so visibly in constant contact with the outside world right it's in constant contact with the air the temperature right the pressure right now that i could feel on the couch, right? My butt's on the couch. I can feel that pressure. I can feel the pressure of my feet on the floor. 
So the body is in direct connection at all times with the environment, which means when we use the body as the first foundation of mindfulness, we are interconnected mindfully with our ecosystem, with our surroundings. So that's another reason we use the body, because it keeps us directly connected with the outside world. So it's a very grounding and a very comforting and centering form of meditation to be inside and of the body. Now, of course, the body isn't separate from the mind. So the body is also a good place to start because the mind is interwoven into the body. We are embodied beings. So anytime we're actually working with the body, we're simultaneously working with the mind. So where the mind isn't so far off, it's just that the body, it's like having a coin, right? And the coin, one side might be emotion, the other side might be uh, thoughts, but the coin itself is the body. It's all embodied being. And so being with the body also brings us in direct contact with emotions and mood and thinking. So we're never far off from the more subtle aspects of meditation, but the body gives us a really broad target to put awareness on. There's always something that we're moving or putting pressure on or feeling heat and cold. So it becomes a really good starting point for insight meditation, the body. Another aspect of the body that the Buddha talks about as to why we would use it for meditation is because the body is universal. We all have one, right? It's a universal human object. So it doesn't have a religious connotation. It's just a human form. So when we're meditating on the body, the experiences that I'm going to have in my meditation are going to be universal to the experiences that you have. Now, my personal experiences are going to be different, but I have thoughts and I have feelings and I have cravings and I have sensations, as so does everybody else in this room. So we're all working on the same canvas. We're all working with the same materials. So the body is universal. It's a universal object of meditation. Anyone can use the body to practice. It doesn't require a belief or an ethnicity, or a gender, or anything like that. It's just universal. We all have bodies. So we can bring awareness to the body universally and get universal wisdom and truth from that experience. Part of the benefit of the body is that the Buddha wants us to be in touch with the impermanence, the suffering, and the selflessness of our experience. Dukkha, Anicca, and Anatta in the Pali, right? Dukkha, Anicca, Anatta. So we want to be in touch with the fact that things are changing. We want to be in touch with the fact that there is suffering. And we want to be in touch with the fact that our identity is arising and passing away moment to moment. That the sense of self is not permanent. And what a better way to do that than to be in touch with the body, right? The body is constantly changing, right? And especially as you get older, you start to see this more clearly. The body just doesn't stay put right? If you think back to puberty, right? Think back to high school, right? And how the body changes during puberty and then all the way up into adulthood. And then as we age, right? The body is where we see sickness. The body is where we see the decay of life as well as the birth of life. So the body is this beautiful representation of the fact that we are moving through time and we can be aware of that moment to moment. We want things to stay permanent, right? We want our relationships to be permanent. We want our jobs to be permanent, our finances to be permanent. Um, I don't know. If we eat a piece of cake, we want the cake to be permanent. You know, we want everything to be permanent. And the body is there to say, it's not permanent, always changing, right? Impermanent changing phenomenon. So being in touch with the body is a great meditation practice. We really get in touch with the Nietzsche, impermanence. 
The other aspect of this is the suffering. So much suffering related to the body, right? Sickness, we really feel that in the body, right? We can get cut, we can get wounded, we have heartache. So much suffering we can experience directly through the physicality of the fact that we are embodied beings. And I always find it just just kind of interesting how vulnerable the body is. This like trips me out to no end that the body is so fragile, right? It like kind of freaks me out that like we can get cut by paper, right? It's like we've got this being, but like a small piece of paper can hurt the body or being so fair skinned as I am going out into the sun can be really bad if I don't put on suntan lotion. So like, I feel so fragile, right? I could pick up this piece of paper and like cut myself or I can walk outside and get sunburned or I can trip and fall. It just seems like we should have been made with a harder outer shell, but we weren't. The body is quite fragile. I remember looking this up one time for a Dharma talk and I found out that like a huge percentage of human beings, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not really laughter. It's more like the absurdity of it, but that there's a significant number of human beings who who die from just slipping and falling, just accidents, right? Like a human being falling from a standing position can be deadly. That's how fragile we are. And that's just remarkable to me that the human being, despite, you know, the outer covering that we have and the skull, it doesn't matter. A slip and trip and that can do it. Or we breathe in and virus comes in and we can get sick and then end up in the hospital. So we're really fragile. So being mindful of body, it's such a great object of contemplation for spiritual growth because their aging and sickness and death really is all surrounded in this embodied being. So that's another reason why we use the body as an object of meditation. And then the last reason we use it again is for identity because there's so much attachment to the body, right? So much attachment to the body. So much sense of vanity, I making, my making, my body needs to look good. We all have these insecurities around our body that we can work with in meditation. And it is really amazing how much our culture has these embedded ideas about the way the body should look, right? We should be proud of this part of our body, but not this part of our body. And it needs to look this way. And we have to wear this kind of clothing and their hair has to be this way. I mean, we have this cultural term like bad hair day right? So we know that we want the body to look a certain way when we go out into the world. And if it doesn't look that way, there's this attachment and this aversion that we have to it not being a certain way. This is a great object of meditation because our identity is so wrapped up in embodied being. I was looking this up online just because I was curious about just the way that we're we're attached to the identity of the body. And it said that there are 30 million people in the United States, both men and women with eating disorders, 30 million. That's a lot of folks dealing with body stuff, right? 30 million people. It's just like, it's just really interesting how much our body contains a lot of that insecurity, right? A lot of that pride, a lot of that uh, shame, trauma is stored in the body. So the body is a big deal, right? So you see why the Buddha said, first foundation of mindfulness, the body. Man, so much work can get done with the body as being our foundation. The meditation practices that I'm going to be talking about are designed for us to deconstruct and depersonalize the body. These meditation practices that we're going to do are designed to look at the body in a different way. Most of the time when we're in this eye making, in this self, right, 
we look in the body and we see it kind of as a whole organism, right? This is my body and I have my hair or no hair or beard or glasses or, you know, we have our whole, and we look at it as an entire thing and we sort of walk in the world with this embodied sense. That cohesiveness is what we want to take a step back from. So the elemental meditation is designed to break up the body into parts and to pieces so we can start to see that it's actually made up of stuff. It's not like a whole thing. We have all these different parts and these pieces, and we have these elements that we can meditate upon. And by meditating upon these elements, we can actually gain, meditators will say that by doing these kind of meditations, they will gain self-confidence in their bodies because they no longer take their body as personally or seriously when it comes to how it looks or how other people see us. So it can be a huge confidence booster to do these kind of meditations. They really are strategically designed to free us from the vanity that culture imposes on us when we're socially engaged with other people when it comes to our body. So that's part of what this is designed to do. The other thing it's designed to do is really look at the fact that the body changes and that it's made up of a lot of different conditions. We have organs and organ systems. We have bones and lungs and tissue and blood, right? Liquid, solid. The body is a conglomeration of conditions that are constantly changing. We look at the body normally as a whole, as if it's this kind of solid thing, and we walk in the world and it carries us. But deeper, when we look through meditation, using awareness to go inside, we begin to see that the body is not permanent. It's constantly changing. Hot, cold, pleasure, pain right? These physical parts of our body are in constant flux. And being attuned with them through Vipassana, through this insight meditation practice, can really help with our self-esteem. It can really help with our clinging and craving. It can really help with body shame and body trauma. So this is really good stuff, these meditations that have to do with the elements. So I'm going to go through and explain how the elements work in the meditation and then we'll do some guided meditation around it because really you have to practice it to see it. But I wanted to just give you a quick description of how concentration works with this practice and why concentration is important. The Buddha says in the, in the ancient teachings, right, in ancient Buddhism, the Buddha has this really interesting quote where he says, the first sign that a culture has lost the Dharma is when students begin to disrespect or lack of appreciation for concentration. That we begin to have a lack of appreciation and respect or understanding of the concentration factor of meditation. And what he means by that simply is, the concentration factor of meditation, which means continuous mindfulness, the ability to maintain mindfulness moment to moment, is what allows us to see clearly the more subtle aspects of what's going on inside. And as we learn to see the more subtle aspects of what's going on inside, we can see more details and purify and clean out a lot of the really, really subtle suffering, right? The really tiny little suffering that we have in the heart, in the mind, can only start to be seen as the mind becomes quiet and concentrated. And so I wanted to remind you that as you do this meditation, the more you do the meditation, the clearer the experience will be, but it will take practice to get it clear. In the beginning, it will be very fuzzy and it will be very challenging sometimes to really take the elements into awareness, but that's fine. That's how the practice works. You just gain concentration over time. So I don't want you to get like discouraged when you find that it's hard to do the meditation. This is going to be something that you'd have to practice to get down clearly. 
And I just wanted to say this other thing about concentration and this practice. And I hope this is inspiring and interesting and not intimidating. But so in the practice was we're going to do, it's going to be sort of a superficial scanning of the body and dealing with the elements. And but I wanted to just bring in this fact that numerous teachers over the years, uh, Goenkaji has been one of them, uh, Tina Rasmussen, who does solely or used to only teach really concentration practices. Um, she wrote the book, Jhana, I think, Jhana Advice from Two Spiritual Friends, her and her husband at the time. Both of them talk about how concentration can get so refined that you can move awareness into your body and actually feel your organs. You can actually feel the distinction between bone and muscle and liquid and solid that the mind can actually be so clear that awareness can move into the body and experience the whole inner world in a very similar way that we feel the outside. It can be that clear. So that just tells you from these teachers who have practiced this for a lifetime, how clear concentration can really be, how the inside can really be seen clearly, and why the Buddha found that possibility to be so liberating. Now, there are some teachers who will go further than that and have actually said, and Guinka was also one of these uh, teachers, who said that through mindfulness, and this is written in the Abhidhamma, through mindfulness, awareness at the highest levels of practice can actually touch down on the quantum level of reality. That awareness can come into direct contact with just vibratory energy. And that the mind is fully capable of being that quiet and being that subtle. Now, I can't vouch for that, but I just find it interesting and fascinating that teachers with this sort of kind of noteworthy practices over the years have talked about how much the mind can get refined and how much we can see inside. So it's okay in the beginning if you can't see clearly because over time the mind will become refined and clear and it will be like washing a window and you'll be able to see a lot of what we're talking about here quite clearly as you move forward. So it's an adventure and it's a journey. There's no need to rush. It will become clear with practice. So I wanted to go through what the elements are and how we become aware of them in our practice. And remember, keep in mind that this is something you can do anytime in your practice. It's a part of your body scanning practice. It's a part of your breath body meditation. Some of these will be obvious. Some of them will be perfectly brand new to you. So we have our four elements, and this is just literal. We have earth, water, air, and heat. So earth, water, air, and heat. These are the classic four elements in Buddhist practice. Earth is solidity, physicality, right? It's the muscles, the density, the bone, the weight of the body. It's the whole physicality of embodied being. That's the earth element, which even right now, if you were just to sit, you could feel the heaviness of the body. That's the earth element, just the physicality of being. Earth element is also the motion of the body, that physical sense of moving the weight of the body through space. So if I raise my hand and I can really feel that motion, that's the earth element, that sense of moving weight through that feeling and what we call proprioceptive sense, that feeling of movement in space. That's physical, right? That's the earth element because we can feel and we're lifting the weight of the body and we're moving it. So that's also earth element. All of us in walking meditation, if you felt the lifting of your leg, that is actually meditation on the earth element if you're aware of it at the time. So you can see some of this is pretty straightforward. When you're breathing, that motion of the lungs expanding, that's movement of bone and flesh, right? 
that's your whole physicality is moving. That's also earth element. The movement of the abdomen and the chest, expansion and contraction, that's also meditation on the earth element. Now, air element, pretty easy. Air element is, of course, the actual air coming in and out of the breath, right? Right across the nose. So this is where we get this air element. Water element really is the moisture or dryness that we feel in contact with the environment. So it can be moisture in the mouth, moisture on the lips, moisture in the air, moisture on the skin, like the humidity of the environment when we're meditating. So if we feel like my room right now has a little bit of humidity to it, so I can feel the moisture on my skin, that is the water element. And you can feel it in meditation. If you ever meditate on retreat at Brighton Bush or any of those places in the middle of the summer, no AC, great opportunity to do water element or elemental meditations because you can really feel the environment. So we have our earth, our air, our water, and then we have heat. But this is heat and cold. We call it the heat element, but it's hot and cold. So basically it's the temperature. So we can feel the heat, we can feel coolness. These are things elemental and we can bring awareness to them. Now, I'm going to give you some ways that we might be aware of them that are classic in Buddhist meditation. So, for example, earth element can be brought into awareness anywhere that there's contact. So, if you're sitting in meditation and your hands are touching, that pressure, earth element. Feet on the ground, earth element. Butt on the cushion or chair, right, or zafu, that is the earth element. So, wherever you feel pressure and contact, that is earth element. Another way we do it is to take in the whole body as a shape. Remember this morning, this morning, not that far back, earlier in the meditation, an hour ago, when I was asking you to feel your body sitting, that's earth element. What does it feel like to be sitting? Noticing the form of posture, because the posture is changing all day long. It's a lot of disability we have to be able to watch our posture change throughout the day. That's earth element, the motion of the physical body. So it's another place we can ground our awareness for the earth element. Heat, that can be the temperature of the room. It could be the sense of the skin, right? Another place that's really interesting to find heat is whenever there's pressure, like if you have your hands together, you'll notice if you bring awareness to that spot that it's actually warmer than other parts of your body because there's that pressure is actually generating heat because of the contact. So you'll notice wherever you get to that earth element, you can also find the heat element. Wherever your body is touching something else with pressure, with experience and practice, you will notice really subtle feelings of vibrations of heat. Again, when we have dryness, moisture, so water, again, the moisture in the room, the moisture in the mouth is a great place to bring awareness when you first start meditating. Moisture in the breath, you'll notice that sometimes with real sharp awareness, the in-breath and out-breath will be either hot or cold. Now, mostly the out-breath is going to be warmer than the in-breath because as you bring the breath in, it's warm by the lungs. And so many meditators can really distinguish clearly that one inhale and one exhale has a different heat element to it. And one can use that as an object of meditation. And again, it's a little more subtle, but it can be done. So those are some ways we can take in these elements. 
And again, this is just the beginning stage of an elaborate practice on breaking the body down into parts. And we'll do some more of this next week where we do different parts of the body like bones and teeth and hair and stuff. But today I just wanted to go through the basic elements because this in and of itself is kind of an interesting practice to do. So with that in mind, I would like to do some guided meditation. So I can walk you through how you might bring awareness to these things and you can see what it feels like. And again, be patient with yourself, experiment. You may not be able to experience things as clearly as you would like. Some things will be more clear than others, no big deal. Um, but just go easy on yourself and just relax into it because it will be an experiment. So get comfortable and I will walk you through a few of these different ways to bring awareness to these elements within the body. So let's get comfortable. So take a long, slow, deep breath in, in through the mouth, sorry, in through the nose and out through the mouth. Get ourselves back into the body. start by bringing our awareness to the top of the head. Bring awareness to the top of the head and just be with any sensations that you can feel on the top of the head. Sometimes you can feel heat because heat leaves the top of the head and so sometimes if awareness is clear, bringing awareness to the top of the head you can actually notice sensations of heat or cool. The atmosphere can be felt at the top of the head. And I'm gonna ask you to do a little experiment with awareness resting at the top of the head, allow it to sink into the body. Allow it to just sink into the head and just bring it all the way down slowly as if you're doing an x-ray. What does it feel like to bring awareness into the body? With the sharpening of awareness, you'll notice that there's a certain density to it. That there is an inside to the body that awareness can become intimate with, in contact with. And see if you can move awareness around inside the head. One way you can do this is You can imagine awareness moving through the eyes into or towards the back of the head. That's another way of doing this, of moving inward. You can start with the eyes and move awareness 
and see if you can feel all those muscles. Sometimes you'll feel tension even as you move awareness into the head. This is an exploration of earth element, the density of the body. And it helps to move awareness in and out because it's the movement in that really allows you to notice the difference. So allowing the awareness to drift back out to the eyes and then move down along the optic nerve back into the head and then maybe allow it to rise up back to the top of the head out on top and then sink back in. You can move awareness around noticing the physicality, the depth of having an inside to the body, direct contact through awareness. Another way, of course, is to start on one side and bring awareness to your left ear. And then allow awareness to drift all the way through. Seeing if you can feel anything on the inside until awareness comes all the way out the other side to your right ear. And noticing the sensations on the side of the face. And moving back and forth like that a few times, you'll notice the different layers inside the body that can be felt. Subtle, but they're there. The body has shape, mass, form, earth element. experiment you can do. With the head itself, bring awareness into the whole head, face, neck, eyes, cheeks. Bring the whole head into awareness and hold it gently, taking in as many sensations as awareness allows. And then slowly Tilt the head forward, just gently. And as you're tilting it forward, bending it at the neck, feel the weight of the head. Earth element, the motion, the heaviness. Feel the muscles, that density holding up the head. You can also Allow it to drift to the side, left to right. And if you do it ever so slowly, you'll feel the weight of the head in awareness. That's the earth element. Being in touch with the physicality of being. There's a weight to our existence, thanks to gravity. 
You can also tilt it back a little bit as if you're going to look up. Feel the weight of the head on the shoulders through awareness. Earth element, embodied being. Let's try a different experiment. Heat element, hot and cold. The atmosphere. The human body always in direct contact. One way to do this, as I said earlier, is the top of the head, but the face is also just a wonderful place to bring awareness to notice the temperature of the room. Bring awareness to the face, but allow the object not to be the face itself, but the temperature, the actual heat touching skin. Can you feel the temperature? And maybe there's a coolness, or maybe there's a part of the face that's cooler than the other. Maybe one cheek is a little hotter. Perhaps your nose is a little cooler. Really lean in with awareness and notice temperature, the heat element. also helpful to notice if there's any change as you move awareness around your face. Does the temperature increase or decrease? Perhaps it remains stable. Heat element. Another way to do this, as I said earlier, find a place of contact within the body. Your feet on the floor, hands touching hands, ankles touching ankles, maybe butt on the cushion. Find a point of contact and see if you can notice that there is heat where there is contact. With practice, you'll notice that there's definitely heat in the palms of the hands, touching the bottoms of the feet. Heat element, 
direct contact with awareness. experiment, the water element. Bring awareness to the mouth. Bring awareness to the mouth and see if you can feel the moisture inside the mouth, the water element. This is not something we would normally do walking through our day, noticing that there is moisture saliva in the mouth but for this meditation we're trying to look at the parts of the body the elements that we take for granted you might just move your tongue around in the mouth a little bit just notice the moisture it's there all day but we don't ever pay attention to it really unless we're eating i suppose but as an object of concentration water element the majority of the body water direct contact through awareness Another experiment, which we already do most of the time, is earth element through breathing. Take a long, slow, deep breath in, but bring awareness to the actual expansion and contraction of the belly and the abdomen as a physical act, the muscles, the physical form moving. Really bring awareness to that earth element, the density of bone, muscle, diaphragm. Sometimes there's a suggestion of placing the hands on the belly so you really feel the motion and skin expand. the deflation of the chest, really feeling the physicalness, the earth element of breathing. complementary part of this, of course, is the wind element at the nostrils, above the upper lip. The intention 
is to notice the quality of the air as it moves across the lip. The actual physical sensation of the air. Here we can combine heat element with air element. Can you notice the coolness and the heat difference in in-breath and out-breath? In this case, the physicalness of the rising and contracting is the earth element. The breath itself is the wind element. Hot and cold, heat element. And if there's any moisture that you're detecting above the upper lip as the air passes, we now have all of the elements in a single meditative moment. very different way of being mindful of breathing, a different perception, embodied being breathing, earth, water, heat, and air. And for our last little experiment, again, taking the whole body, the earth element as body posture, feel the body as shape. Every one of us has a slightly different shape in this moment, depending how we're sitting. What is the shape of your body in this moment? Can you bring awareness to it? Really feel the shape, the curves, the contact, the feeling in space. The hands curl. Maybe the knees are bent. Earth element, physical being, made into a shape we call the body, body sitting, body breathing, earth element. to the heaviness of the body, feeling that it's made up of muscles and flesh and bones, this earth element, 
that upright position brought to you by the spine, brought to you by muscles. Form and shape held together by the materiality of earth. Finish our sit with one last long, slow, deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth, letting the body relax fully. Slightly different way of doing it, right? A little different. Bringing awareness to the body as materiality. What's interesting about the Dharma and meditation is that each meditation is a different way of perceiving who we are and how we are in the world. Each one can bring us different insights, right? Just depends. One day you'll be mindful of heat and some interesting insight will arise. You'll move the body to grab a cup and suddenly realize that it's bone and flesh moving through space. There'll be insight, revelation, sense of ease, well-being. You never know what will come from these kind of meditations. All kinds of good stuff. And so we are off on our journey for the elemental meditations. These are so much fun. I really enjoy these. I would invite you to try them out this week. And next week, we'll take it a step further, going into the body. We'll talk about how to meditate on hair and bone and teeth. Very interesting stuff. But understanding the elements are kind of a prereq, a little primer to really get the, the full depth of the experience. If there's any questions, was there any confusion or question, I would be happy to answer a question or two right before we end. We still got a little bit of time. But if there's any question or confusion around that, I'd be happy to clarify. I certainly can send out uh, some of these notes that I have that will list some of the things I talked about so you can keep them for your cheat sheet. Well, my friends, lovely to see all of you, flesh and bone, skin, eyes, hair, teeth, moisture, heat, earth elements sitting before me. Thank you so much for your delightful presence. This is so much fun. I've never actually in this context ever done elemental meditation. So I'm excited to get to the 32 body part because that is like a trippy meditation when you do bone and hair and stuff. Oh, that stuff's so weird. It's so much fun. So I'm excited that you guys are at least rolling with it for now. Um, so practice this week, really. Take some time to incorporate this into your meditation. Uh, let me know how it's going, and uh, we'll continue the next couple weeks on the various ways to do this. 
And I'd like to just end on time today. So I'm going to say yay for all of us. Thank you so much for coming. Stay well, be kind, and uh, practice. And next week we'll uh, move on to some of the other stuff, all right? Thank you all. So much fun as always.